Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible Explained podcast, where we are getting into the nitty gritty of Luke chapter 23. We are in the climax of the book with Jesus's death and resurrection. So pause the podcast if you would like to, to go grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and also your Bible in the version that you prefer. I'll be reading Luke 23 verses 1 through 12 today out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible. So sit back and relax and let's read God's word together. The whole company of them rose up and brought him before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting the nation, forbidding paying taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Pilate asked him, Are you king of the Jews? And he answered him, So you say. Pilate said to the chief priests and the multitudes, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee even to this place. But when Pilate heard Galilee mentioned, he asked if the man was a Galilean. When he found out that he was in Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem during those days. Now when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he had wanted to see him for a long time because he had heard many things about him. He hoped to see some miracle done by him. He questioned him with many words, but he gave no answers. The chief priests and the scribes stood vehemently accusing him. Herod, with his soldiers, humiliated him and mocked him. Dressing him in luxurious clothing, they sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate became friends with each other that very day, for before that they were enemies with each other. So in Luke 22, we talked all about Jesus's trials with the elders and the high priests and stuff. And what's interesting about those trials is the fact that there wasn't really a lot of standing on them. In other words, the the Israelites were not actually allowed to put people to death. The Romans were the only ones allowed to do that because Rome was over Israel at this time period. So Rome made all the decisions regarding that kind of stuff. However, the Israelites could put on their own trials so they could eventually take the prisoner to Pontius Pilate or one of the other governors or whatever and try to get them killed in that way. And that's exactly what these elders did. They had this trial for Jesus. They found him to be guilty, even though he wasn't. They lied about him. All sorts of crazy things happened in Luke chapter 22. So then after that trial, they took him to Pontius Pilate. And they were hoping for a very favorable, in air quotations, very favorable outcome from Pilate. They wanted Jesus put to death. And just from the brief encounters we've had with Pilate before, which was one other time in Luke, we know that Pilate wasn't a nice guy. Because actually, if you go back to Luke chapter 13, we see Pilate mentioned as being a very cruel person. So here's what Luke chapter 13 verse 1 says. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. In other words, Pilate had killed some worshipers in cold blood. Clearly some Hebrew people were going to the temple to offer their sacrifices to God and Pilate 
killed them. And that's why why it says here that Pilate mixed their blood with the sacrifices. So we don't know what happened. This is the only time this is mentioned. We don't have any historical documentation about this. I don't think so. But clearly right here, Luke already set the stage for who Pilate was as an individual. He was a very cruel leader who, who just didn't care about people. And so it's interesting when you read stuff about Pontius Pilate in history, like secular stuff, they always say that the Bible paints a picture that Pontius Pilate is a very like weak leader. But I don't actually think the Bible does that at all personally. Just from the amount that I've already read about Pontius Pilate in the previous Gospels and already in Luke chapter 13 here, it doesn't seem like he's a weak leader at all. It just seems to me that he's a very uncaring individual more than anything and possibly even kind of cruel. Because even in the other Gospels, we see how snarky Pontius Pilate is, how much he insulted people that were there. Um, he insulted Jesus a handful of times. But when I was reading up more about Pontius Pilate in Britannica.com, it says that Pontius Pilate was an instigator of like riots. He would just do things to irritate the Jewish people and also the Samaritans uh, as well. He would like put up pictures of the emperor, I guess, or the Caesar all over the place because the Jewish people didn't like the fact that there was a Caesar over them. So he would just like do little irritating things where he'd put like the picture of Caesar up on like all the street corners and stuff. And in that way, he would really irritate the uh, Jewish people. And so, yeah, that was just kind of the the stuff we have on Pontius Pilate just being a, a very uncaring leader, I suppose. So, yes, in Luke 23, when the elders and the priests and stuff bring Jesus to Pontius Pilate, they're expecting Pontius Pilate to put Jesus to death just based, based on his uh, past record of putting people to death because he did have a past record historically of not even hearing cases sometimes and just putting people to death. So I'm going to guess that they truly believed that they had it in the bag and that Jesus was going to die. I don't think they realized they would have to work at it as much as they were about to work at it. So they bring Jesus before Pontius Pilate in verse one of Luke 23. And then it says they begin to accuse Jesus, saying, we found this man perverting the nation, forbidding paying taxes to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And so, yeah, they're just like making up these lies about Jesus, except for the thing where he is claiming himself to be Christ, because he did. He, Jesus did claim himself to be Christ right in the middle of that trial. So Pontius Pilate looks at Jesus, and I'm going to guess he sees Jesus standing there, already bruised and beaten and all sorts of stuff. And he says to Jesus, are you king of the Jews? Probably just insultingly saying this to Jesus. And so Jesus says, so you say. What a fantastic response from Jesus. In a way, it's rather witty. Like Jesus is, even though it was the truth, it, Jesus was responding to Pontius Pilate's sarcasm with, with so much grace, I suppose, that this makes Pontius Pilate question, you know, like, I, you know, I don't see any basis for charge against this man because Jesus was so eloquent in a way towards Pontius Pilate. And this just made Pontius Pilate like, I guess, see Jesus's resolve and see how ridiculous the the leaders, the Jewish leaders were being 
towards Jesus. In fact, there's another gospel. I don't remember which one, but specifically it says that Pontius Pilate recognized that the Jewish leaders were jealous of Jesus. So he probably saw the entire situation, saw how innocent Jesus was, how Jesus's responses were so on point and eloquent and even witty at times that Pontius Pilate is just like, there's nothing I find against this man. There's no basis for charge against him. But now because Pontius Pilate didn't give the Jewish leaders what they wanted, it says they get even more angry. The Jewish leaders start insisting. They get mad. They say, well, he stirs up the people. He's teaching all throughout Judea, beginning from Galilee, even to this place. So at this point, Pontius Pilate is probably sick of this trial already and doesn't want to deal with the Jewish leaders. So he hears the word Galilee and asks if Jesus is a Galilean. And when he finds out that Jesus is, in fact, a Galilean, he gives him over to Herod, who was the tetrarch of the Galilean region. In other words, he was one of the Jewish mini kings, I guess. Herod was one of three kings, but even so, the kings were still under Roman government, but they did have some authority. So instead of Pontius Pilate dealing with this situation, he decides to hand it completely off to Herod because Herod was the tetrarch over Galilee at that time. So he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to not even deal with this case. Don't want to deal with the the uh, Jewish elders right now. And I'm just going to hand this off to Herod. And on top of this, there was some politics at play also, because it says here at, in verse 12 that Herod and Pilate were actually enemies with each other. So I'm going to guess that Pilate was hoping to make some sort of a connection with Herod also, potentially. Not sure, but there could have been some politics there in play as well, where it could have gotten Herod and Pilate on a friendlier basis, which actually ends up happening. We see that. So he ends up sending Jesus off to Herod. So when Herod ends up seeing Jesus, he's overjoyed is what it says. It says he was exceedingly glad for he had wanted to see Jesus for a really long time. But here's the thing about this. Herod was not a very smart individual. It does not. He does not strike me as an intelligent person. Just from what we've seen so far with Herod in scripture, he had sexual feelings towards his daughter. He was a sexually deviant man. He very much enjoyed his own entertainment. He threw himself like birthday parties also, which birthdays were not really a thing back in those days. So Herod definitely enjoyed his own entertainment. And we see that he captured John the Baptist. And though he kind of liked John the Baptist, really what he was looking for when he was speaking with John the Baptist was his own entertainment. And he ended up killing John the Baptist because he had gotten drunk, enjoyed this like sexual dance his daughter put on for him. The daughter asked for the killing of John the Baptist and Herod followed through and killed John the Baptist, who was Jesus's cousin. So now Herod was looking for a way to see Jesus for some time because he had heard that Jesus was John the Baptist's resurrection or something. He thought that it was John the Baptist again. He heard that Jesus was doing some miracles and wanted to see these 
awesome miracles that Jesus was doing. So when he when it says here that he wanted to see Jesus for some time, rather this means that he really wanted to be entertained because it says right here, he hoped to see some miracle done by him. So once again, Herod is being his same old self, not really wanting to see Jesus because of the teachings of Jesus, but wanting to see a miracle. He wanted to be entertained by Jesus's ability to do miracles. And what's more is that Herod really could have seen Jesus at any point. He could have called for him. I mean, he was he was a king, practically. He could have called for Jesus. He could have gone to the temple. He could have uh, found Jesus. I mean, Jesus did teach extremely publicly. Herod could have done anything to go see Jesus, really. And yet he never did. So he didn't really care that much. He wanted to see Jesus, but he didn't want to put any effort forth to actually go see Jesus. He just wanted to see these miracles. So now Herod questioned Jesus with many words, but Jesus gave no answers. Now, not only is this response from Jesus prophecy, because in Isaiah 56, if you read Isaiah 56, it says basically that Jesus was a lamb going to the slaughter who said no words. So this was a fulfillment of prophecy for Jesus to keep completely silent when everybody was accusing him of everything. But not only that, he wasn't going to give Herod what he wanted because Herod had killed John the Baptist, firstly. I mean, why would Jesus give Herod anything? Uh, Jesus was very close with John the Baptist. Jesus and John were family. They were cousins. So why would Jesus give Herod what he wanted? A. And B, I mean... Jesus knew Herod's heart. So, of course, Jesus is not going to give Herod what he's looking for because Jesus didn't work that way. He didn't do his miracles to entertain other people or to gain popularity through those miracles. He didn't do it like that. He was not tooting his own horn. So once again, he's not going to toot his own horn for Herod. So Herod becomes mad. It says Herod and his soldiers ended up humiliating Jesus and mocking him. Because the chief priests and the scribes, when Jesus was remaining silent, as prophecy said he would, the chief priests and the scribes, they stand up and they start giving all these accusations against Jesus to Herod. So Herod, you know, sees that Jesus is, is remaining silent, not giving him what he wants. He's not being entertained in any way. So he starts mocking Jesus and humiliating him. And they dress him in beautiful clothing like luxurious king-like clothing, because Herod probably had plenty of that, dresses his him in that and sends him back to Pilate. Now, I don't know what the point of sending him back to Pilate was. Maybe Herod had a similar response to Pilate, just uh, let somebody else deal with this trial against Jesus. I don't know. But either way, it does say that Pilate and Herod became friends with each other that very day, for before that, they were enemies with each other. And really, that's kind of interesting because Jesus just has this wonderful ability of like making peace. Isn't that, I I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I'm reading too much into that one, but because of Jesus, Herod and Pilate, two very opposite people became friends with each other. Jesus is just a peacemaker. And for some reason, I, I kind of feel like it does apply to this situation even though it was through terrible circumstances, obviously. But we'll continue with this story on Thursday. So tune in then, 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up, to hear the rest of this story regarding Jesus and Pilate.
pilot and what happens next. Friends and faithful listeners, I do hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week and that you go over to the YouTube page and subscribe to it. You're going to see all the links of everything that I do in the bio of this podcast episode because my ministry does have a lot of different outlets and different things that you can follow, including the Facebook page, the website, you know, you can uh, subscribe to emails and get two free chapters of my book out of the mire in your inbox when you subscribe to the website. All that stuff is linked in the bio of this podcast episode. But friends, I will see you bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of Deuteronomy. We will be finishing up the Ten Commandments tomorrow. So I'll see you then. Happy listening and God bless. Thank you.